Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 351-0300 and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. On the premiere episode of Rewives, I had to start with a bang. So today I'm reliving the Scary Island episode. Yup. It is one of Andy Cohen's favorite episodes ever. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was a complete crazy shit show. It's one of the most iconic Housewives episodes of any city ever, period, story and film at 11. It's the episode where the conflict between myself and Kelly Ben Simone really bubbles up to the surface. There are complaint pads, photo shoots, gift bags, cocoa puffs, jelly beans, gummy bears, sleep discussion, and a whole lot to talk about. And joining me in this deep dive is Emmy Award-winning actress Elizabeth Moss. And this is why I'm obsessed with the show. Nowhere else will you hear one of the greatest actresses of our time have a serious conversation about hoe bags. This is one of my favorite podcast episodes I've ever done, and I hope you love it as much as I do. Let's mention it all. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Gosh. Uh. So nice to see you, and I'm so excited about talking to you. Well, this is obviously going to be the most important work you'll ever do in your career. <laughs> I have to tell you, though, that I have done more research for this podcast than I have done for most roles, and it's not a joke. So when I found out what episode we were talking about, first of all, I freaked out and was like, 
felt like it was a personal gift to me from you. And then I rewatched all of season three, <laughs> including the reunions and the lost footage. And then I kind of took it into season four. And then I was like, okay, I think we're good now. Uh, but I, I really have researched this. My daughter, believe it or not, I know it's not appropriate, she's 12, but like when I was immersed in season three of Handmaid's Tale and she just saw some of it and you carry the, to carry a show like that only reminds me of like Claire Dane's Homeland, like a woman wow. with the, with the, that carries such an intense, amazing show. It's so good. You're so amazing. You're just really extraordinary and rare. But more more important than the oppression of women, I guess, is scary, <laughs> scary, scary island. So I feel like there's a, there's a tie in there somewhere. Absolutely, <laughs> there's Gilead and there's Scary Island. <laughs> they're the same. They're the same. So you watched Housewives in real time and in, in life, or you were a person who yeah. found it later, or you were back then vintage. no I was I was back then I watched in real time and then in later seasons I would sort of lapse and then binge like two seasons two three seasons back to back um I've fallen off a bit I haven't been watching as much lately because I've been kind of busy although apparently not busy enough to not re-watch all of season three <laughs> in the past two days <laughs> too much yeah, and I guess there's a message in this show, which is funny because to be learning from the housewives and me having conversations with intelligent people about this show, which was the idea for the, this show, Rewives, was because I wanted to do, people were doing rewatches. Mm -hmm. And frankly, the truth is, this is the truth. Paul said to me, my fiance, like, people want to hear Tom Brady talk about football. Like, they want to hear it from him. Mm -hmm. So you've got all these other derivative people that are sort of talking about this garbage and they want to hear you. And I'm like, but I don't want to go back into the garbage dump. And, you know, it wasn't feeling right to talk about housewives. So I thought, what if I have an elevated conversation with smart, successful people about this? Because there are definitely things that you can learn about dynamics from talking about the show, but still entertain. That's how this show came to be. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also interesting. I think Paul's absolutely right. And I think it's also interesting to hear your perspective so many years down the road, having had different life experiences, you know, having become such an incredible success, how your perspective may have changed on those events. Okay, so let's get into it. We start about um, the hoe bag scene, you know, a, a risk that you don't take in playing a character. June Osborne, you know, you're not, no one's ever going to surprisingly call you a hoe bag. <laughs> to your face. <laughs> right. What was, I mean, you can very clearly see the reaction on camera, but I have questions. For, I have more questions for you. Go. Did you going into that experience, did you think it was going to be anything like what it would be suspicious that it was going to be something like what it ended up becoming? Or did you just go in blind and think I have to, I'm going on this trip. It's probably going to be okay. Maybe something interesting will happen. How surprised were you by how scary it got? Well, what's funny is the Island of, of St. John was not happy. Like the house owners always taking a risk that we're not like, this is a shithole, but it was great. Cause it was a really nice house, mm -hmm. but the Island is taking a risk too, that we're going to name it scary Island because St. <laughs> St. John from a branding perspective, doesn't want to become known 
as Scary Island. It's always so funny. And I used to get an, I'm, I was not, I was always on time and I always was like, you know, professional and, and reliable the most on time. But I'm not easy in the sense that I don't just go along. Like, let's pretend this is your trip. Elizabeth, you bought, you rented a $250,000 house. And when we're pulling in on the boat, you're going to tell everybody this is the wonderful gift you got for them, paid for by a Bravo and production company integration. Like, it's so, fa- like, it's okay. We just all are on vacation together. We don't have to. Nobody cares and it drives- for it. Nobody cares. Thank it's you. Fine. Thank you. But you don't know how the fights ensue between housewives where one person will be like, everybody wants to own the trip. Really? It's like, we don't think it's your real hat. Yes, people want to own the trip. So in this case, this was, quote unquote, Ramona's trip. I mean, she invited everybody, right? And she gets right. very, very, very excited in a very funny and cute way when she's revealing the house on the hill. Um, she's right. so excited. So in this case, though, was she just, did she have the idea for the trip? Did she, what's the truth and what's the reality of it? Or, or she just. The reality is that, you know, and people want it to be their trip and the finale party. And like those people want, the, I don't want more work. I don't want more work. <laughs> Aren't you already you know, doing I don't work want more. on the show? Why do yeah, you I do don't, more? I don't want more work. Yeah, no. So unless you're like, it's your launch and it's, you know, it becomes like a bidding war. Like if it's your launch and it's a, the best pitch. Right. So so everybody at the beginning of the season sits down with the producers and what's going on with your life and I've got this and I've got that and most of the thing and people want to pitch my restaurant up this is my friend's restaurant you know everyone wants to pitch where they're going to be I, by the couple of years in I'm just like I don't just tell me where to be but cuz you don't want all the responsibility of all that well, yeah. but people like that it's just a thing so wow really I had no idea the, I, I thought the producers just I mean I would I'm with you producers should just arrange everything and take care of it that's their job just tell me where to be well, they take the they take care. They'll so they'll talk to each person, and you know, I'm like, well, I'm taking a pottery class, and I think it'd be really interesting if we all go to the pottery class together, and the producers fall asleep because it's boring to watch people do pottery, and then <laughs> someone else is like, oh, I'm going to therapy, so we could do, you know, oh, how about we get you getting plastic surgery, whatever that thing mm-hmm. is. So then you find out what everybody's got going on. In some cases, they really want one person to own the trip. So it'll be like, how about we renew your vows, Ramona? Or she might have pitched that because she wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes, you know, someone really wants to go somewhere. Oh, that's competition too. Wait, no, we should be going to Turks and Caicos. We should be going. And Ramona, no one that's ever been on reality television that I've ever met has loved those trips more than Ramona. Like she thinks she's going on a real vacation. (laughs) For me, it was torture. Like. Dorinda would think it was torture. I would think it was, this is not me really going to Morocco. This is me going to Morocco on like a scheduled shackled itinerary. But so Ramona thinks it's totally like real vacation and she doesn't care. She's getting to go somewhere. So she'll hard pitch her places and wants to go where she's pitching. <laughs> so sometimes the people are pitching and winning. And then sometimes the producers are pitching the places, or they have a relationship. We can get a villa here. We can get a that there. Right. They have a, you know, we were always the stepchildren, so we always had the shittiest budgets. Like Beverly Hills is going to lavish, amazing places, and we're going to like Des Moines, <laughs> you know. So, so I used to like when we were going to Miami because it would be like it's not a vacation anyway. Mm-hmm. It's two hours nonstop yep. direct flight. Let me burn the place to the ground yep. and get yep. home. I can probably like, do who, a I couple need meetings to go. while I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't need to be on an 11 hour flight to fight with people. I could fight with them in Jersey. Just keep us trapped together. That's why the Berkshires was great. Yes. And the so, Berkshires was, that's the thing is if it's, 
if the show is good, the content's good, if the relationships are interesting, then it doesn't matter where you go. You can totally go to the Berkshires. Right. But riddle me this. An apartment that's a thousand square feet in New York City could cost three million dollars. And that's what a 20,000 square foot house in Atlanta would cost in the, where they live in the suburbs. So you have to find stuff to show because mm. we all look like we're living like, you know, I had a 4,000 square foot apartment and I had the best apartment and it would be a house the size of, you know, Lisa Vanderpump's house, mm-hmm. but it still doesn't look the same. Yep. So the Beverly Hills has a lot of the clothes and trappings and cars and houses that do a lot of the story. Like other cities have to rely more on the actual meat because we can't show a gorgeous estate for long, you know, and, and have the entertainment of just looking at that or yep. an expensive car. Yep, that's- we don't have the cars. Yep. We don't have the, the the homes that are that big because it's New York City. So that's just something to mention, too, so if you think about the visual. The yeah. Show. The first season, Andy Cohen called me the Greek chorus because he felt that I was sort of explaining to the audience something that was going on. And I was like with them in the narration, unintentional narration of the show. Mm-hmm. So this season, Kelly comes in and I meet her. And I had met her previously and she had sort of acted like she didn't know me unless I was with someone famous or like there was just a nuance in the Hamptons because I was a nobody who was like a, fr- a guest of a guest of a guest when she was more elevated. So I had a pre-existing feeling about her, um, but I didn't know her and I'd met her t- different times. It was totally superficial. But when we sat down at this meeting earlier in the season and she was like, I don't put my name on anything. Because people come into the show and they want to show everybody either how rich they are, how elevated they are, how not like these trashy women they are. And somehow water always seeks its own level. It just it ends up whatever is gonna it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. So you can't beat the game. Mm-hmm. You're trying so hard. And I never there was no game. I was just a person showing my studio apartment. I bounced checks. I was like poor. It was what it was. <laughs> so she was coming in and she was up here and I was down here. And I had been feeling this stuff all season, but it was like a Three's Company episode, that sitcom where like things are happening in other rooms and no one's seeing. And you're like, no, this is a good, this person. And they're like, no, well, I think she's sweet. And Nora, you know, so you're seeing stuff and no one else is seeing. So this trip where trips, that's where trips are good. All the shit pours out. Like whatever is bubbling, it comes together and it all comes out on the trip. Yeah. So for me, I, I, was so happy at the end of what we were going to discuss because I was like, I told you all, this is what I've been seeing. Yes. Yes. That's one of my favorite moments of the episode is when you're like, F you and F you. I was right. (laughs) (laughs) And because it's so great because everyone has felt that way when you're like, see, she's crazy. And it's very gratifying. You feel very like you feel with you as far as like, yes, this is reality. This is what's happening. This is vindication. Yeah. So what's happening is that, you know, in your normal life, like if someone and on TV, if someone's calling you a hoe bag, it's going to be on television. Mm-hmm. You're one day going to have a 12 year old daughter that's on the couch when you're watching and see that like someone called you a hoe bag mm-hmm. and said you slept your whatever. And you're in the moment trying to keep your shit together because you're the wheels are turning about the fact that that's like being said to you because anything can be said to you. And from what I so, remember, you have very little, I think visible response to her to that word I think and what occurred to me is like well she's also like engaged and pregnant so this is a very funny time to be calling her a hoe bag (laughs) exactly exactly and some people don't show this is too tea-ish but 
she had a lot going on off camera with, you know, men and whatever, but that's not the point of it. But, you know, in a situation, I don't know about you, but I'll talk about things that are polarizing, but only like what they mean for society. I'll never call someone a name. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense? Like I will character assassinate. I'll talk about like, what's the message in society or my opinion of someone's actions, but Mm -hmm. I won't be like that person's an asshole. Like it's just, it's right. low hanging fruit to, to call someone a name. Or sexually promiscuous or a terrible mother or a bad wife. Like you won't go like that personal, I feel. Cause I, I've heard- I did once did with you? Luann, I called her a, I called her a whore. So I have to take that caveat. I, I took the bait or something that had been bothering me. So that I did do that one time, but I always own my, sh- but I did do that, but I don't typically, and especially now, it's just not where I go. I want to talk about the issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How do you handle when you're called a hoe bag? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Because you could easily become wrong when someone calls you a hoe bag with what you do. People forget where it started mm-hmm. based on a reaction. But the fact that you didn't actually really even reply to the hoe bag comment, which is, I think, true. I don't think you really had that much of a reaction at the time. Right. What What is the right thing to say? No, I'm not a hoe bag. I would like to argue you, with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, but I'm going to take the receipts out of my vagina. (laughs) Tell you. (laughs) Let's really dig into this, Kelly. Yes. (laughs) But the fact that you didn't say anything to your point of being able to receive language, receive comments, receive even criticism, and perhaps use it to your advantage, the fact that you didn't say anything just made the comments stick out even more like a sore thumb. Thank you. And in life, if you don't know what to do, sit still. Mm -hmm. And I teach it to my daughter because my daughter, sometimes in school, something will happen and she wants to get on the phone and say it and text it. I'm like, first of all, everything in writing is for the rest of your life. Second of all, hold. Mm -hmm. Stay at 55 miles an hour. Keep the bus at 55. Like take a break. You know, you don't have to get every home run. Um, Absolutely. Take a second. Think about it. Think about what you want to say. Think about how you feel and reply thoughtfully. Absolutely. Exactly. And the chef cook. Mm, yes. You know, that was even that bothered me even more for some reason because and it was bothering her. She wanted to like take me down up here. I'm up here. You're down here. It was bothering her mm-hmm. that anybody might even like use that word. Like I didn't think I was John George. I went to culinary school and I was a natural food chef. I didn't say I was a natural food cook. And the problem is, first of all, if you're going to take a shot at this bee, you better not miss. Like you can't come in here with me. You can't play checkers when I'm playing chess over here. Mm-hmm. Like, you just can't. So, like, you better get your act together. Go do a thesis. Come in here. Have copious notes. Have a lawyer on hand. Like, you can't come in here because you're not going to beat me at the words game. So, she's coming in and she's like, well, you know, you don't work at a restaurant. like neither does a woman serving us our lunch here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, And I think what, you what, said what, at one point, I think you asked her for explanation. What do you mean? Tell me what you <laughs> think a cook is and what a chef is you you ask some sort of like clarifying follow-up question which is to to andy's point about you being a recourse is exactly how you feel as a viewer you're like all you want to do as a viewer is go what are you getting like what's the point what do you think a cook is what do you think a chef is and what is what are you trying to say here Right. This is a thing. You notice this in, I'm sure you notice it in Hollywood and meetings and lunches, like when people don't know the temperature of the room and it happens with successful, smart people. Like Mm -hmm. we're both on the same show. She's an elevated woman in New York. She was married to Jill Benz, all the stuff I said before. She's sitting at a table and she's not aware of the temperature of what's going on. She's Mm -hmm. telling me I'm attacking her and we're all like, you're not in the same meeting we are. Mm -mm. Like what's, Mm -mm. what is that about in life? Why do some people understand the temperature and others don't? of a room, of a meeting, of a scene. Why? I mean, I think it has to do 
a lot with somebody just being too much inside themselves. They're not looking out, not observing people around them. They're not in the moment. They're not being present. They're on some path that they have pre sort of decided that they're going to, this is what I'm going to do. Yes, that's so smart. And as an actress, I remember taking acting classes and it was Meisner where you, you, you're not supposed to know the punctuation or anything. You're supposed to listen to the other actor right. and respond that way versus what you, how you want to say, ha, 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 with a laugh. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, you're actually, I'm sh- sure in scenes for you, you, you think it's going to go one way and then something happens in the moment oh. or someone drops something and you do it totally differently. No, I don't know. All the time. To be an actor. Oh, all the time. All the time. I think there's this, there's this old thing of there's three versions of the scene. There's the version you do that you think you're going to do. There's the version you actually do. And then there's the version you do in your car on the way home. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Exactly. But you're absolutely right. It can totally go a different way. And I love that as an actor, just as a side tangent, right? Like, I think that is where the joy is. That's where it feels alive to me. That's where my heart starts pounding and, and, you know, the the mic on my chest starts picking up my heartbeat. That's where I feel like I am fully 100%, you know, in the pocket, as they say. And the gift. Yes. Like, it feels like it's, I'm really, really there. And when you come in with, okay, this is how I'm going to do the scene. And this is how I have decided this scene is going to go. And I am going to say the line in this way. And it is going to be wonderful. That often is kind of just bullshit. And the best version for me anyway, is when you throw that out and you're listening and you're reacting to the other person who's now doing something in front of you that's potentially incredible and so you want to kind of give something back to them in this in this tennis match. And- you know, because you couldn't even, the game is moving too fast. Exactly. There's no way you could even, po- hold please, I'd like to react <laughs> to you in the way that I decided I was going to do it yesterday. Like, it would be, that's how people are in their head. Mm-hmm. But that was the gift of that yes. scene. Like, me not being in my head and be, you know, just responding to what was happening in front of me. Like, who could prepare for that? No, you can't. And the dinner. And the dinner. So it's not that different. I'm not even making a joke. Like, I guess if you are true to the, if you're true and self-aware, that's what I was going to say to you. If you're self-aware, you, you you probably understand the temperature of the room better than someone who's not self-aware. Mm-hmm. And if you're true to the art of what you're doing, even reality TV, that's where it's like joy of the chills, joyous. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just like, that was insane. Yes. And that's what's so one of the one of the many, many interesting things to talk about about that dinner in this episode is you can see and feel the temperature change during the dinner. You feel it change mm-hmm. and you can see all of you around Kelly realizing the temperature is changing and going through this trajectory of sort of confusion and trying to figure out what she's saying and trying to clarify things to something's wrong here. And I think we need to actually back away from this. This has gotten to a, Oh, the moment. Yeah. Like yes. This has to a the light bulb of like, this is more serious than we thought it was. And then to just Precisely. like, just frustration and just, with, you know, with the gummy bears and all of that, it's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> Pre- Precisely. For all of the things that are, uh, let's just say, sort of interesting and surprising that Kelly does in this hour, 
I felt like her reaction to the gift bag was huge and and very telling that something bad was coming, that something bad was about to happen when I rewatched it, uh, which I did today again, by the way, because I really wanted to be, I'm telling you, if you know me, if anyone knows me, they know I do very, very little research for any role. I'm not a method actor. I'm very bad at doing like homework. Like I'm not like that. Same. Right. So I, when I rewatched it again this morning, her reaction when she opens the door and sees the, the, the gift bag, she actually jumps. But I also couldn't tell if that was pre sort of if she was making that up in the moment or if that was a real genuine reaction for her to jump when she opens the uh, door and sees the gift bag. And then she starts crying on the bed, which does, I don't know if it's about the gift bag or not, but <laughs> I think that she's aware that I'm marketing my brand under the guise of a gift bag and it's annoying her because it's all about me. And what I will say about Housewives is it can be a, never about what it's about. Like you can get frustrated and react in a different way in a scene because you're dehydrated and you drank three drinks because it seemed like a good idea and you just wanted to have a drink to take the edge off. And then, and she doesn't really, she didn't, she didn't drink a lot. I'm just saying like things can be disproportionately played out because of something else that happened before. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, Ramona was always the best because Ramona doesn't care. Ramona could literally say the most egregious thing to someone. And in the next scene, hit a pinata and dance like it's New Year's <laughs> Eve and clean up that mess two weeks from Thursday. If I do something, one word sideways, I, I'm in my head about yeah. it later. So I don't know. You know, Kelly probably realizes like this is getting out of control and she can't sense what's going on. Mm. And and this girl's here again haunting me with this gift bag. And it's an absolutely irrational, disproportionate response. Yeah. But being fairness to the genre, it's like things tick up yeah. you know and then you're you're just you're just off or it's just you can't handle the game moving so quickly yeah whatever's going on and we're talking about the complaint pad and then i i oh yeah i felt something this is something i noticed we never there was never really talked about about the episode there was a way do you ever have friends who want to like shroud a compliment in some sort of insult or instructive like kelly she told alex that she was channeling the devil but she has this way, she'll be like, you know what? You're great. And you know what's great? It's really great when you smile. It's so nice when you smile, which means like- It's, not, it's great when, it's not good when you don't smile. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, you know, or someone like, you know, it's just nice to see you like relaxed like this. Like someone, it, it, so she has this way of each time talking to someone, be like, no, and it's okay, Sonia. I get, not as much as I used to, which is maybe not a good thing, but, um, when I was on Mad Men, because my character was like, so looked so different than me. And she was, you know, it was the sixties. And so we had this sort of grandma hair, no matter how old you were, if you were 25 and you had this sort of grandma coiffed, you know, hair and the costumes always made you look older. And, um, and I was much, you know, I was younger than I am now, but I would always get in person, people would say to me, you look so much better in person, or you look so much prettier in person or younger in person. <laughs> All the time. Yes. <laughs> and and yes. I always just want to say like, and I, I, I don't because what's the point of getting into it? But like, no, I always want right. to say like, do you know that that's me too though? Like, that, <laughs> like, thank you. <laughs> but that's also me. And, and so now I feel worried about how I look there. It's such a funny thing. Yeah. I call it like, it's like a, it's like an insult shrouded in frosting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I found about this season and maturing now is that I feel like back then, Alex and Simon were strange to me. And I was a little like either judgmental or didn't relate to Alex. And 
and watching back, I feel like she was mature mm-hmm. and like she held poised and and smart and like you know not like the coolest girl of all of us. And I have a different compassion and feeling for her, like an affinity towards her when I watch back. Yeah, like when I watch back now. I liked the way she was in this episode. And I liked the way she handled when Kelly told her she was channeling the del- devil. Mm-hmm. And she did sort of back me up a little. She was of sound mind. She might have been of too sound mind for that show in ways. I, 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 that's so interesting because I totally agree. And having watched all of season three again, I, I see that through all the, throughout the season that she is, she may not be as quick with the, with the one-liner sometimes. And she may not be as as brutal or have sort of the the tongue and be able to sort of spar like some of the women can on the show in this like fascinating way. But she's absolutely probably like the calmest and the most normal. Yes, more tea. She was going to be fired. And I told her to deliver that message that they're discussing that, which I guess she was in like makeup that they thought looked like Kabuki makeup. I told her, like I knew the producer said t- someone had told me and I said to her to tell that message to Jill because and I was like because I knew it would be like a good moment, a big for moment. Her. And, the, and years later Sonia one of the producers I will not say who in the car said I think we have to let Sonia go they couldn't find she was just a disaster and it was all about the bidet and the lingerie and it was the on the loop and all this stuff and there was a scene at a restaurant called Cherry a sushi restaurant where I just light a match about her and Tinsley like where Tinsley started out living in Sonia's townhouse and was basically a nobody who had been like arrested and was living in, and how by up to that point, she had this rich guy sending flowers and Sonia's like, you know, poor and bankrupt. I said something to like stir that Mm -hmm. up and it like lit up Sonia and she launched and she did not get let go. That is an absolute fact. I have the receipts. Wow. Do they know this? I mean, obviously, the girls, they wouldn't have cared. They wouldn't have believed it. But the producers will back it up a thousand percent. Alex was going to be fired that season and Sonia was going to be fired later. And I went in and to said, I said to the producer in the car, give me one night. And that was the night that Sonia resurrected herself. I forgot that. I don't even think Sonia knows that. I, I mean, she would totally believe me. She trusts oh me. But God. that did happen. I forgot that. That's crazy. Yeah, well, it makes it's totally sense, true though, because it was so out of character for Alex to go do that. And she's clearly yes. so uncomfortable. I mean, she does a great job. She certainly delivers the message, but she's clearly uncomfortable doing it. Yeah, but she's got she knows she's got to <laughs> like you believe it. It seems different. Oh. It's like an outlier, yeah, right? It's like, a, it's like yeah. a funny outside moment where you're like, huh, what's going on with Alex? <laughs> and that's the behind the scenes. Wow, no pun intended, literally. So fantastic. Yep. But Kelly tells Alex that she was channeling the devil. Mm-hmm. I just like that. And I also like, I didn't go to the photo shoot. And they would always make you go now to something like that. Like, I didn't go. Yes. And it's okay. Like, different things happen. It's being real. I like. I used to say to one of the producers on my own show, Bethany Ever After, when one of the people was like, we're going to have you in a big giant dress like Carrie Bradshaw on your bed and whatever. And I said, let's do real. Yep. Like, I just like doing real. Yep. So I like... There's a- that I didn't go to the photo mm-hmm. shoot. There's a, and I really was with you on that one. I was like, oh God, who goes to a photo shoot on vacation? That sounds awful. <laughs> <You know? laughs> There's a moment mm-hmm. in the episode where you lay down on this chair on the sort of outside and you can just tell just speaking to the realness you can just tell like you're kind of exhausted like there's a lot going on you're pregnant you, you, the way you sit down on this chair it's just so real you're just I, I felt for you in that moment I was like oh it's been a long trip 
I feel this. <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. All right, well, it looks like we're going to be at the dinner now. So I felt the pressure of cooking, which is weird because I cook. Were you Um, asked to cook or did you volunteer? Did you want to cook or were you asked? No, I think they made this thing up of everyone's going to give their gift. And I guess um, Kelly was giving. Right. And so mine was to do that. And the producers are probably thinking like they got the big whiteboard out. And well, now we had that comment. So now let's get Bethany to cook. Mm You know, which is, again, you're on this vacation and now you're working, but you've got to clean up what happened in that other scene mm-hmm. for them and for you because you don't know what it looks like. The whole, you're working as a chef then. You don't make a lot of money. What if the world thinks you're a fraud and you don't know how to cook? Mm-hmm. Like, so so we, we cook and I picked that simple menu and the crab cakes were amazing. I made a lot of leftover and Ramona was obsessed with the crab cakes. <laughs> She's, she will talk about the crab cakes to this day. And Ramona, like me, cares deeply about her food. Mm-hmm. And she she eats well. She cooks well. She like cares about her food. So that night off off camera, and when the producers were like eating their feelings and stressed out, <laughs> and usually the producers don't like get into our food, our like jacuzzi, like they've got their own thing. But it was a very outlier night. It was crazy. The wheels came off. So the producers all went into the kitchen and ate all my leftover crab cakes. And Ramona had a shit fit over the crab cakes. She cursed out the she cursed out the crew. 
about the crab cakes. Ask Matt Anderson and Darren Ward, because Darren Ward is very passionate about it. Ask if she did not have a shit fit about the crab cakes. They didn't leave a single one. <laughs> I don't know if I'm a cook. What's going on? Ramona's is like priorities. You guys ate the fucking crab cakes. You're monsters. <laughs> Yes, you monsters. And she meant it. And I, we I were like, that. and I, that's Matt Anderson and Darren Ward ate the crab cakes. And they oh. also, they may call me a chef or a cook, but everybody was eating my crab cakes. It was definitely not a normal night. Wow. So, um, so we start off with Kelly talking aloud. Oh, ooh, she starts in on the salsas. I had to, I didn't remember that. Yes. Did you make these salsa? Like a, an interrogation. Because, yes. and by the way, I don't normally make salsas. Like, I'll, I like, I literally love Tostito salsa. <laughs> I just have a weird thing. I don't usually make fresh salsas. The pressure was definitely on. I don't even like mango salsa. A trio of salsas? Like, who are you, you fraud? I don't ever make salsas. The pressure. So I couldn't believe that I made them. <laughs> With the enormous amount of pressure, you're in there trying to figure out three different fucking sauces to make. <laughs> never, never in my life besides then did I make a trio of salsas. Who do you think you are? What are you, crazy? I'm not making a trio. So I know that I was feeling it because I saw that last night. And I was like, what? what? The bitch made sauces? <laughs> I mean, crazy. It's incredible. And then she seems to enjoy the crab cakes as everyone did. No, she yeah. left it on the plate. Oh, that's yeah. right. What am I talking about? But she says it was good or she said the salad was good or something. She she kind of throws out like um, some sort of compliment about something. Yes, <laughs> which is good because Mar now Martha Stewart and Kelly Ben Simone have said that my salad dressings are extraordinary and I'm in the salad dressing business and I make a good salad. So that's yes. the rest of my life. I will have Kelly Ben Simone and Martha Stewart, two people who despise me, have said good things about my dressing. Yes. So literally Martha and Kelly hate me more than anybody in the world and they both have said positive things about my salad dressing. So then that would mean if your biggest enemy... It means more. So that's good. It, it means, means way more than a compliment <laughs> about your dressing from a friend. <laughs> <laughs> thank yeah. you thank you yeah. i appreciate you yes so she i like the term now in current society that i didn't even know then microaggressions because oh. i feel like eating one fifth of well, maybe i'm not I, I think i'm not stephen hawkins but maybe one fourth of a crab cake is a microaggression mm -hmm. and who is it that's very concerned about sending it back is it ramona or Sonia, someone's Ramona. Ramona, very concerned about sending it back. Now, was she concerned about sending it back, or did she just want the rest of the crab cake? I well, <laughs> it's funny you say that because in the scene, it really looks like she's concerned about sending it back. It doesn't track personality-wise, but given crab cake gate that happened later with the producers, we can never know. We, can, we can't. It's know. very suspicious. <laughs> and so, and Sonia was lovely and always is. That's um, good to hear. Yes. Now we get into the, the string. You've seen those strings like around a tenderloin. And I definitely did not mean that. But I was like, oh, my God. And it was hers was not very cooked. So the one person who for some reason it wasn't evenly cooked and there's a string. I'm dying inside. It, it happened to me one time on another show where I made a burger for Frederick on my barbecue and like it wasn't cooked. And I'm very self-conscious, not about just cooking. Like if I do something, I want to look at it. I want to be perfect. Is the lighting OK? Is it me? It's annoying. No, like, it's not. That's a, you're, funny. You're proud of what you do and you want it to be good. I want it to be good. So that was something that you're thinking in your mind again. Like, like I was much younger and I realized that like everything doesn't matter. 
but I was much younger and was probably like, oh my God, I'm going to be thought of as I can't cook. And you know, this is, this was my career at that point. That was like my, how I made my living. So I was thinking in my head, like, this is going to air and it's going to not be great for that. And that was not, that was sort of stressful. Of course. So when you're in the kitchen of all the people that this particular piece of meat should go to, and then when you're, but when you're in the kitchen, you are very, one of my favorite moments of the episode is in the kitchen, you're basically like, it's just a fucking dinner. It's a fucking dinner. Who cares? It's a dinner. doesn't matter. It's not important. So is that kind of, is that a bit of an act because inside you were secretly freaking out and stressed? Right. You know, I, I thought that was sort of like, uh, I didn't know if it was obvious or not that like, I don't mean that. Like I'm saying you're it, telling yourself but I don't. That maybe like you're trying right. to convince yourself it's not important. Yes. It's just a dinner. It's fine. But you, but, but you, yeah. yes. Well, of course it's your livelihood. Because, well, but no, but it's also the person has been saying the entire, someone's saying to you, you are a shitty actress. I don't know that you're an actress. You've been in, I don't, you were in a high school play. <laughs> I, I don't, I haven't seen you in on um, Broadway. So, I, okay. You say you're an actress. Nightmare. You'd be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what went um, with it? It was just a random outlier of a stick and just didn't. I definitely didn't have a meat thermometer there. And I never want something to be overcooked. So I probably took it off too. I definitely took it off too yeah. early, not wanting to be overcooked or or don't I don't remember and what the grill was and it's not my own yeah. grill and you know who who even knows and I'm not cooking all the time maybe I am a cook not a chef but um <laughs> and I'm not always making steak and it, god who knows now we start to like literally Unravel. now we start to figuratively get cooking now we start to get mm-hmm. cooking and there's a moment not only when we all realized it had gone sideways but when I realized that everybody else realized what I had been saying mm-hmm was true Mm -hmm. like I mean I don't know what was going on with her and that's the type of stuff I won't speculate about but like her I feel like you're trying to kill me and I threw up last night like what are we talking about it became very strange Mm -hmm. there was the owl shark in bed and and by the way she says something earlier when you guys are on the boat that nobody (sighs) ever explains or talks about it's not brought up in the reunion no one ever says anything which is one of my favorite things but she says um Satchels of gold. Satchels of gold. <laughs> Please tell me you have an explanation for that because it gets every time. Oh. I'm like, what does it mean? I just want to know what it means. Gonna die. We definitely have to do a production company together called Satchels of Gold. <laughs> it's just a great name for a production company. I'm writing um, down. You know it is. It's so you know good. it is. And never, <laughs> never explained what it means. No. <laughs> All right. So here's the thing that I'm going to tell you honestly and why the show could have been maddening for Kelly. And I don't remember all of it, but here's what I think. So I think she thinks in these non sequiturs, but doesn't isn't explaining like what she's thinking. Right. Like there's like the synapses that are going off inside, but they are not. I dreamed you killed me last night. Like, or maybe that's something she did dream, but she's making it like you tried to kill me last night. And she's not saying the full thought. And I'm giving her a lot of credit here because I could just let everyone think she's batshit. But I'm going to tell you that I think the first time I ever like show the skinny girl cocktail was at this guy, Robert Verdi, a stylist studio somewhere. And maybe it didn't air. I think it did. But when I saw her in the scene. It might have been one of the first times I met her or she was there. I don't remember. I got to go back and look. But I think I said something about like, uh, yeah, and a leprechaun's not going to come out of a rainbow with a satchel of gold at the end or something. I think I said something to her at some point. And I also think Mm -hmm. somewhere along the lines, and I don't remember saying this and I don't know, I never talk about Al Sharpton, so I don't know what context it's in, but but it's like in the way deep, deep memory of my life, like that maybe somewhere something, I said something. So she like brought it up and the scene that I'm saying, you can't handle the truth is from a few good men, as you know. But I think 
she got that maybe confused. she thinks because I've referenced Al Sharpton somewhere else that I said like I'm giving her the credit for that those two things. Yeah, like she knows you know, they were attorney. like she got confused here. Yeah, you know, here we are. I, I don't know. I, it's like these something disassociated <laughs> disassociative thoughts. And she said something about I laugh at myself sometimes because I never remember the things that I say. So I'm watching this person talk and like sometimes I laugh at my own stuff and I say something's wrong with you. And she says, I don't like you. I said, that's not an illness. Very good. It's very, very good. See, I don't think I could. I'd I'd be much more like Alex, I think, or or something in the in this in an episode like this I don't think I could engage on on that level you're so quick um that's my level I'm used to growing up in a crazy like house yeah. and everyone loved it's funny that the more obvious lines that people love like your cuckoo for cuckoo for cocoa puffs that to me like everyone loves that and that's fine and funny but that's not to me you know watching it like that's just a throwaway right. you know I think with the go to sleep like I think I was just reacting meaning I didn't know that was going to be this iconic line but it's you're screaming for the audience in that moment. Oh, I, look at look at you! <laughs> wow, June. Okay, I like that. It's very insightful. You are. It's the Greek for it. You are saying what we are all saying because I think if I'm not wrong, she goes away and that's and then she comes back. Right? She comes back with the gummy bears, and I think it's after that that the go to sleep happens. Yes. And that is just how we feel as an audience watching. Just we just want her to go to sleep. We just want her to go and get some rest and stop because it doesn't uh, seem to interesting. be going well. And she's going to keep right. saying things and it's going to keep getting worse for her and she's going to regret this tomorrow. And so there's a feeling from her like she's being forced to stay and talk, but that's not the case. Everyone else is like go to sleep. And so that's why it doesn't feel vicious. You're also laughing when oh. you say it. You're 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 kind of smiling when you say it. It's not it doesn't feel like an attack. It feels like you're speaking for the audience as far as like get some fucking sleep. So what's happening now in the scene, and this is again what I believe, but I I, I I this is what it really is. So we're in the scene. You are aware whether it's going well or not. Mm. You may not know how not well, but if, if it feels weird inside. So I believe that. This is a woman who was crying over the gift bag now at dinner and is having some sort of agitation, some feelings, saying things about channeling the devil and you're trying to kill me and this stuff. So now you've got to on some subconscious level or conscious realize like this isn't going that well, as you said. Mm -hmm. So you can leave and know that the format of this show is going to be for other people to continue to talk about this. So if you leave, you know that... Right. You're just going to be continually yeah. talked about. Right. So I, my belief is that it was like she tried to 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 leave, yeah. but couldn't control the scene. Yeah. Like couldn't control what was going here. So 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 had to like wanted to stay. It was like addicted to staying in the thing <sighs> and digging in deeper, and it started to go really badly, and. This is where the fans, after hearing this, will probably like demand that Bravo releases the Trump tapes. Like, <laughs> this is where she starts saying Matt Anderson is the producer, and she starts with the gummy bears. And I remember it like it was yesterday. And that's the thing. Like, I have I literally built a career on not forgetting a goddamn thing. Was had the gummy bears and was going Matt, 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 Matt to stop the scene, but like repeatedly Matt, 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 because. It wasn't the days where Denise Richards at a dinner could say, bravo, production, and they would just air that. 
back then that was breaking the fourth wall and you did not break the fourth wall and you did not air that there's a camera or a producer or paparazzi like Mm -hmm. because you got paparazzi because of the show so it's too meta like now they'll just show anything and show real and show a camera falling in Nini's closet or something like that's do real you know Mm -hmm. what I'm talking so so then someone saying Matt to try to stop like to stop the scene she was like stop the scene Matt 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 he's like I'm not gonna stop the scene so what also never happens on reality television is that they stop the scene something was wrong like we thought that something had gone wrong and it was way worse than what was aired so we stopped shooting. That's when everyone started eating crab cakes. And like, it was crazy. So you and we did stopped shooting, stop but you, the scene. Not right after the mat thing, but like very, very shortly thereafter. Like wow. it had gone pretty close. Yeah, pretty closely after the mat thing. Pretty closely. It did work. It worked. I mean, it was crazy. But you can't but tell it wasn't like she was just, a, she wasn't just saying like production, but the way that she was like, Matt, 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 Matt. Like it was further to what had been spiraling. So we all were just a little unsettled. It was a lot of stress. Because if you see the previews for the next week, you see how Alex is crying. And she's like, we've all been through a lot. Yeah, like, yeah. We, we were through a lot more than you saw. Yeah. And I thought, I was positive. She, Darren Ward, took her on an airplane. And he got to sit first class with her, which doesn't happen. Producers don't sit on the plane first class. Next to her, to accompany her on the plane, and took her home. Right. And I was under the impression that she would absolutely not be on the show anymore because I felt that it was irresponsible for her to continue on the show. I was under the impression that she was going home. Oh, mm, going, right. No. Yeah, yeah. But I was under the impression that that something was going to happen. Yeah, that's the impression that I had because what we had all seen, um, and that happens a lot. Like years later in Columbia, we are on a horrible, horrible boat accident that we like literally almost died and it was weeks of meetings with Bravo that don't make it to shit goes down and we're like that was not accepted like so this was really something for all of us and so when I we were filming next week and she was filming I was like what we're at I was green and people hadn't yet gone to prison and had fraudulent husbands and been having Ponzi schemes like it was early in the game I thought that this was not a reason to keep filming with someone but that's what makes these shows I guess do well but like there's a line for me and that was the line for me that is fascinating. Yeah, so how did you guys, I yeah. can't remember how the scene ends on the show in the aired version. I think it just sort of ends. I think ends. it's go to sleep and it's like, it kind of ends. And then I guess you get us home the next time, like talking about yeah. it, I guess. Yeah. After it just sort of ends. So that's. There's the note. Kelly leaves a note saying, I'm going to go home. Oh, to oh be, take right. They probably girls. made her leave yeah. a note. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. That's what it is. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that was that. And also to give vindication to Kelly. She's not friends with Gwyneth Paltrow. And she was asked by Andy Cohen on the show, do you know Gwyneth? Do you know Kelly? And Gwyneth said, no, but I'm also going to put myself under the bus and for to be accountable when she's like, and what you said about my friend Gwyneth. Years ago, when Gwyneth was like cooking and going on a tour with Mario Batali, I, I, when I used to say snarky things for the sake of saying them, and I don't know why, I said, I'd rather put hot pennies on my eyes than eat a roast chicken from Gwyneth Paltrow. I don't know why I said it. I don't know anything about her roast chick. I don't know why I said it. It's so it was specific. Like, I, I don't know why I said it because I don't know Gwyneth and I don't know what her chicken's like. And it probably was when you first started out and you didn't realize that like this is before Twitter, right. before Instagram. You just thought you could just say something in a blog. It was in a blog or what? something. I have no idea. It just, it makes no sense. Yeah. So I'm just going to say that that's also... It's based in something connected to something, right. if that makes any it does. sense. It does. Because I want, uh, yeah. Wow. So, that is fascinating. And I do, I do, you know, well, 
I do think they should show this actual footage. I think it's very interesting. I know they would ever will, but I'd love to see uh, it. They probably will. <laughs> they probably will. I think the fans will come. Yeah, because I forgot about it. So now I forget. You rem- This experience reminded me. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. I was going to ask you a question. As far as crossing the line between reality television and reality uh Mm -hmm. was that would you say that that and then you mentioned the boat episode would you say those were like sort of the two kind of moments in your history on the show that were like okay this is actually too real for reality television yes that was because you're very open you're very like you always seem to be very much like no we should show what's real like like let's have the conversation on camera that's why we're fucking here doing the show. Like, why wouldn't we do this right. on the show? So it's interesting to hear you say, like, there's a point where it's like, no, I don't think it's right. Well, because the show is just add water to those gremlins. Like, it's a concentrated situation. You're not, quote unquote, really friends with these people, but you're having discussions and friendly while you're filming. They're colleagues, effectively. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people are always like, is it real? Yeah, what is happening is real, but 
you know, you're in a room with someone that you would not normally be in the room with. So this combination, which is, you know, designed by casting and sometimes successfully and sometimes otherwise, you know, can be challenging. And like I said, I've I've felt before while filming this show that the game is moving fast. Mm. You're, you're, you're not driving. You're like in an, out of control with no brakes, you know, and that feels wrong. And we all get excited and into the whole thing. I felt that there, this was something going on with, with someone else. And I've also felt that with substance, substances, mm-hmm. with wanting people to drink. And no one pushes anyone to do anything. That's not it at all. But I have felt, there have been articles about it, like it's sort of dramas happening when someone who shouldn't be over-consuming is over-consuming. And it's capitalizing on that. And it makes me uncomfortable. You and Kelly have never spoken about, have you guys ever talked about that episode and what happened there, like off camera? Like, obviously, there's a reunions, but have you guys ever like connected? Never. She's written me emails and texts of let's bury the hatchet and let's be, you know, and then I've written a kind response back because you always think everything's going to be fine. And then, but the problem is housewives always then have an opportunity to go back on in the press and then they just, they want to like say something about you. And and she's really talked about this experience ad nauseum over the years. And so I guess I'm doing this now, but uh, <laughs> it's it's been, yeah, no, I just, it was not the right combination. Mm. And I was going to say this to you too, that, um, What's interesting is that she wasn't on the show much longer than I left because she was more entertained. She and Jill are better on the show if I'm on the show. Right. If, if Kelly's just with everybody who's like, oh, she's ditzy and cute and funny and who cares? Like the rub between Kelly is much more elevated when she's with me because of the way that she that I, you know, she just got under my skin mm-hmm. and vice versa. So like that combination is better you know what I mean? You need you need the two people in a scene that really you need you and and what Mr. Waterford, mm-hmm. June and Mr. Waterford. So mm-hmm. or are you that's, Yvonne who plays Serena said this past season? Uh, uh, she said that June Serena is nothing without June. That right. from her perspective yeah. as Serena, Serena feels that she is ultimately nothing without June. You have to have the the bow, you have to have the conflict. And they also have to be somebody who can, you know, provide that drama. Yes. You know? That and yeah, you're right. Watch whatever it following is. Following season, which I think Kelly is on, right? I think Kelly is in season four. Yes. But she's in Morocco with them and I don't I'm not there anymore. Yeah, you're not Luann and they're on Morocco. You're not there yeah. anymore. It's not the same. It's not the same. Totally. Do <sighs> you notice because you don't watch as much anymore. I don't watch as much anymore either. Do you notice the difference in um, like glam and orchestrated outfits? And does it feel more scripted when you're watching Housewives now? Like, do you notice that we were literally just dressing like a wreck? Like you, like you would wear on vacation. Like mm-hmm. me, you just, you know, you're half a wreck. You're just like on vacation trying to figure it out. Totally, totally. You can definitely feel that. It feels very raw and... I skipped ahead because I was wondering when you came back on my rewatch in my research over the past few days, I skipped ahead because I was like, when did Bethany come back? And I'm one of those people. There's many of us fans who like the Bethany seasons the most. And (laughs) (laughs) so I've seen it, obviously, but I skipped forward. I think you came back like three seasons later. Right. And you can even tell I feel you would know the reality of it. But I can tell a difference even between season three and like season seven of how even just like it's shot a little better everyone looks great there's a little bit more of a 
a glossiness to it. Was there yes. a difference between three and seven? Well, there's a couple of things because the first, in the beginning, there was no glam. I mean, no. you know, if you went out to a major event, just like I guess in life, you know, I would go to the Bloomingdale's counter, right. to the Trish McAvoy counter and buy, ask, and just say, let's not dance around. How many products do I have to buy <laughs> on my $7,000 salary for the whole season of Housewives? <laughs> do I do I have to buy to like for you to put makeup on me? Let's just get mm-hmm. that out of the way. No foreplay. Like, what's the thing? Mm-hmm. It's $50, 72 lip glosses. Just make up my face. <laughs> and it didn't matter who did it. I didn't know there was a difference in good glam, bad glam. Someone right. did your face. Then you did and went to one of the events. The idea that, every day to be filmed that you would be in makeup, hair and makeup was, or clothing that you thought about was preposterous. I was in a Ralph Lauren, like thrift store, turquoise sweater in the interviews, no makeup on. Like, so now Erica Jane and, you know, Dorit and these costumes and it's totally different. But to answer your question, coming back, I knew a friend, this is T. Inside tea. So I knew a friend who knew Kristen Takeman, who was one of the new housewives. And he said to me, her husband, who's a friend of his, says she's in hair and makeup every day right. for scenes. And I'm like, well, that's not going to be good because then it's not about what you look like. Like, it's about what we're talking about and the content versus like if you're focused first season in on your shoes and your elaborate outfits, which you could mm-hmm. see in the way they were dressing then you're not, you're losing the plot. Mm-hmm. So I remember coming back and we were in the Berkshires and everybody had glam team, mm-hmm. glam teams and big major outfits. Like we're in the Berkshires, you're not going anywhere. Who's wearing a ball skirt in the Berkshires? Mm-hmm. So it was annoying because I remember calling Andy and being like, what is this? It's not real. <laughs> but there's Everyone's got a glam team. We're not like, no. Yeah. And, and when you're the one not doing it, you then you look like shit, like Denise Richards when she was on the show, coming in like a normal person in shorts, mm-hmm. but everybody's in a massive Gone with the Wind costume. So mm-hmm. you gotta, don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah. You gotta start putting makeup on. Because then you feel the pressure. Well, I can't get up and just be a normal person and come down and get coffee as if I didn't go through hair and makeup if these six other women yes. have just gone through, you know, two hours of hair and makeup. Yeah, I would not like that. But in season three, like you have like, even I think it happens in in Scary Island in that episode or the one right after um, where they wake Sonia up, you know, and she's clearly asleep and no one's there's clear. It's very real. It feels everyone looks like shit. And I love it because it's it's truthful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But the Glamazons came in and the whole thing changed. And it's one of the things. I like looking real. Like, mm-hmm. let's be, women are watching that that look real, that are home. They don't have time to put their makeup on. Yeah, so people let's are wearing be, yeah. jeans. People are wearing tank tops. People are wearing normal clothes. They're not constantly dressed to the nines. Even when you go to a party, it's like you have a nice dress, but it's, you get the feeling we probably bought that dress somewhere. It wasn't like yes. something a stylist gave you. Yeah, and it's it's a much better feeling. I prefer, I prefer that. But I, I need to point out, I'm very swollen. My best friend says when you're having a girl, you like blow up and, and become like, you don't even look like yourself. And I, I noticed it. My my daughter was like, you look pretty. I'm like, I love you. But I look like a beast. Oh, I don't I think Because so. I'm pregnant. I'm with and your we're doing a You do not look like a beast oh. at all. Are you kidding? Well, we're doing an, well, no, in the interview shot, not the main scene. Oh, in like In that. the interview in the purple. 
in the purple because that's shot months later when you're oh, doing pickups. Oh, you still do that's not why I look, look so, like a beast. <laughs> but that. it's not my best and I'm okay with it. It's a, so <laughs> it's not my best. Um, well, I don't want to, I don't, I look, this is the longest project you've ever done and the longest interview I've ever done. And I, I'm sorry it went so Yeah, long. but honestly, I, I the most fun. Want. My publicist texted me and she was like, good luck. She was like, have fun. It's all downhill from here with your press. And she's not wrong. I truly am such a huge fan. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode ever of Rewives, a rewatch show unlike any other. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And follow the show's Instagram at Rewives with Bethany. There you'll find video clips from these conversations and sneak peeks at which episode I'm reliving next. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.